Welcome to the One in Five of Us Changing the Mental Health Landscape podcast. We are working to stop the stigma and start the conversation about mental health. One in five people will experience a mental health condition, but it takes on average eight to 10 years for someone to seek treatment. Hi, I'm Nancy Miller, the founder and executive director of One in Five, and I'm thrilled to host this podcast to help educate our community around mental health and wellness and to empower you to start the conversation. And I'm Kayla Wood, the social media specialist at One in Five. Together, we can stop the stigma and start the conversation. You belong here. We belong together. Today, we are excited to introduce a 10-episode series podcast, 1,000 Solutions, created by members of the Youth Council for Suicide Prevention. The YCSP is jointly facilitated by One in Five and Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center. To learn more about the YCSP, you can go to oneand5.org backslash YCSP. Dia and Julia, take it away. Hey guys, this episode is all about showing you the different types of therapy there are. We'll be showing you the different options available to you or a loved one and also talking with Julie Kenevan, MS, LAS, WS, and Director of Child and Adolescent Programs at Solution Community Counseling and Recovery Center. Do whichever therapy works for you. And even if it doesn't work out, there's always more ways to improve your mental wellness, and that might not even involve therapy, but there's always a solution. So what is therapy? Therapy has many different forms and aspects. It is typically used to optimize one's mental well-being, regardless of whether they have a mental illness or not. It makes a person mentally stronger and can also help with mental illnesses and simple life issues. So now we're going to be talking a little bit about when you should look into getting therapy. So most of the people, again, don't have serious illnesses. You should go to therapy if you're experiencing symptoms of mental illness, dealing with a large issue, life event, um, having difficulty dealing with your emotions, dealing with family, marital trouble, noticing changes in your work ethic, sleep, appetite, even if you're not sure why, if you're grieving a loss, if you're not enjoying the things that, you're, that you used to enjoy, and if you have a difficult situation or a big decision you need to make and are overwhelmed by it. Another thing can be if you feel like your life and health needs improvement, but you're also not sure why or where to start. Things like that, even if you're not sure why you're feeling that way, can be a great reason to go to therapy. Overall, therapy helps figure out what you need and how you can get through issues or feelings. It helps guide you through those things, since you probably have no clue how to. This episode is so unique because typically therapy is thought about the typical sitting down and you talk to someone about what's going on in your head, but that's not only the single type. And that's something that a lot of people are uninformed about. So there are at least a hundred different types of therapy, even besides the ones that we will discuss in this episode. So take some time to find the one that works best for you. It's a great resource to use, especially in those times that you're needing help, but not sure why you're needing help. Besides just the typical sitting down and talking with a therapist, the more uncommon types of therapy that are still easily accessible are group therapy, which is good if you need a support system or thrive in a group setting with individuals who understand and relate to your struggles. There's music therapy, which uses the connection of sound and music with the brain to strengthen your mind and treat your needs. There's animal therapy, which allows connection and comfort. Art therapy, which enhances your expression abilities. Light therapy, which visually focuses you. Aroma and herbal remedies to engage your smell and sense and provide a sense of calm and relief. And there are also great physical forms of wellness and therapy that can help, 
such as reflexology and acupuncture. And besides therapy, there are a long list of healthy practices. There is massage, art, practicing gratitude in your daily life, exercising, meditation, yoga. And the list goes on and on depending on what you're interested in and what you're passionate about. Psychotherapy is the most common form of counseling where you sit and talk with a trusted therapist to navigate solutions to your mental health and wellness that you both agree upon. We are now excited to introduce and talk with Julie Knieven about ways to navigate this type of therapy. Hi, Julie. Could you explain the different types of therapy or modalities that are common in treatment? Sure. Um, I would say for the most part, therapists are kind of eclectic in regards to the modalities, um, but it is important to understand kind of what they use as their fallback. So CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, is probably the most frequently used in, um, in child and adolescent therapy, it, and it does have evidence behind it. So here's the other thing that you probably should know is um, evidence-based mm-hmm. models. So they're um, evidence-based means that they've actually studied it. They've done a scientific study that would indicate that the things they're doing in that model of therapy actually work. And so, um, so CBT is very much evidence-based um, and really works with anxiety and depression, ADHD, um, and trauma. So there is even a trauma-focused CBT. Um, and so, um, so it's important to understand those modalities and where they're evidence-based and where they help. Um, DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy, is kind of a spinoff of CBT, and um, it may be more helpful where those kids are um, maybe more difficult in regards to their response and have a stronger maybe response um, when dealing with authority. And so, um, so DBT kind of helps them understand a different perspective um, and that um, that you may have a perspective, but the adult may have a different perspective. And so being able to communicate your needs while also respecting someone else's opinion. And um, so, so yeah, and EMDR, we use, you know, in every profession, right? We have these, these, um, these, these acronyms or terms for what we do. EMDR um, is um, a desensitization model, especially for those who have experienced trauma. So it's, it, it works with the neurology in the brain. And so, um, so working through your trauma, um, you're also kind of healing your brain and the pathway in your brain so that you may um, help your trauma reactions. So when kids experience trauma um, or adults experience trauma, um, there are things that, that then trigger their brain to react. And so, so EMDR specifically works to, to help you process that trauma and be in control of your emotions and your reactions so you can function in daily life. Um, so um, EMDR is, is probably more specific 
uh, for trauma. Um, PCIT, also parent-child interaction therapy, is is a model that uh, is evidence-based. They've they've kind of changed the um, the modality a little bit to say it's it's more focused for kids two to eight, um, but they're are other models based off of that too, like care, child-adult relationship enhancement, that you can take some of those um, ideas from that modality and apply it to kids who are older too. But uh, PCIT, the one thing that I love about PCIT is it's a child-directed interaction. And so as adults, oftentimes we want to control the session or we want to control um, how things go with kids. And in a child-directed interaction, you really um, listen to the kid and let them go where they need to go and talk about what they need to talk about. Um, So, um, you know, uh, with a family who may be experiencing a health issue, you may think that that is always on the kid's mind um, and want to talk about that all the time. When really, for the kid, the most important thing that day was they they heard a really bad statement on the bus. And so helping um, kids direct that interaction, you understand uh, where they're struggling and how to help them. Um, so, and PCIT and CARE both have a lot of Um, helpful tips for parents to interact with their kids in a positive way. And so we um, can help parents even do some discipline methods while still working on their relationship with their kid. Um, And so PCIT and CARE are um, very helpful models in helping parents understand how to be most effective with their kids. Um, being a parent of three kids, I know that the same things don't work with each child. So uh, getting more tools in your toolbox as a parent uh, can be really helpful too. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. I think Dia is going to follow up with our next question. How is therapy different or separate from parenting and how can I best help my kid? So I have two kids who really struggled with anxiety and um, I could not be their therapist. Um, So um, they both went to other therapists and they both chose to to take some medications um, to kind of slow down their brain to help the process work a little bit. And um, they didn't go to therapy forever, um, but they learned some tools from someone who also wouldn't get emotional about that. Um, so, uh, so they both learn their, some tools in regards to that and, um, and I can support them and I can help them along that journey. But even, uh, there, even a therapist, we cannot treat our own kids, um, or our own family because that emotional tie, um, is absolutely part of, of the relationship. So, um, so we need help from, other people who have those skills to help our kids. Wow. Yeah. That's great to hear you say. And I totally agree with everything you're saying. There's definitely a big separation that needs to be there. 
um, so that we're not having those therapy relationships with our family, but that we're seeking that help from a trusted professional. So I totally agree with everything you're saying. And then kind of on that same note of family therapy relationships, should parents always be involved actively in the therapy of their children? Right. Well, when you're talking child therapy, parents need to be involved in any therapy um, to understand where your child is coming from, to um, be able to best communicate with your child and, and practice. Um, so, so sometimes kids don't understand um, how to best communicate their feelings or, um, you know, they, they kind of get stuck with their words and how to tell a parent how they feel. Um, or, you know, parents also get upset. They get upset that their kid has experienced um, maybe a negative thing. And so, so, so therapy can help the child express themselves and the parent be able to support um, their, their child. So in all the models, we want parents to be actively involved um, in, in the therapeutic process. And then I think our final question is, what is the goal of therapy as a whole? Absolutely. Um, so in therapy, I think, you know, we, we don't believe that being in therapy long-term is the answer. And each one of us has strengths and skills that we bring to therapy, and that's what we want to expand on. So, um, so you have a strength in this area, that's, that's how we're going to heal. Um, and so, um, those neuropathology, the neurons in your head, the, all of that plays a part in therapy. And so, um, so um, what I like to say often is we're, we're healing your brain. Um, we're making new pathways in your brain. And so, um, so, yeah, my goal is not to be in someone's life forever, but just build on your skills and strengths and get you through a situation. And we may need a booster shot, but, um, but we're, we're not going to be there forever either. Thank you so much for joining us today, Julie. This was super insightful and super useful to all of our listeners. And quite frankly, I learned a ton about therapy too. Yeah, thank you so much. It was great hearing everything you had to say. Hearing about all the different types of therapy, whether it's common or uncommon, it really shows that there's nothing wrong with therapy because there is a solution for every single person in the form of therapy, even with just performing those healthy practices. And you really don't have to be in a crisis or anything's wrong, you know, especially looking at forms such as art therapy or um, anything like that, you know, it's just a way for self-expression and it helps maintain your health when things are going well. Therapy is for wellness and you need to keep yourself mentally healthy to perform the best of your ability and enjoy life to the greatest extent possible. Thank you for joining us today and educating yourself as well as others. We hope to see you next time on 1000 Solutions as we talk about alternative resources to therapy if therapy is not an option for you. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about this episode, you can check out our show notes and access additional information on our website at 1n5.org. We ask that you please subscribe, rate, write a review, or share this podcast with anyone you think may be interested in hearing more about how we are changing the mental health landscape. Again, I'm Nancy. And I'm Kayla. And we hope you'll join us next time.